First United Methodist Church, Heeper Springs, Arkansas. Today is May the 22nd, 2016. Hear the scripture and the sermon. Please remain standing for the scripture reading today. It's Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God, our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace, in which we now stand and we boast in the hope in the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which, who has been given to us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you open our hearts and our minds to receive your word. Help me to get out of your way so your people can hear a word from you. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. I can remember a time at my house when I didn't have to battle over the remote control. Uh, to, to watch TV. Any of y'all still having to battle with that? Get you a two-year-old, and I promise you, you're going to be battling uh, to see what you watch. Um, i tell you what it has done, with, with Maddie being there anyway, uh, it has opened my eyes to what I guess I ought to be watching, what I shouldn't be watching. But, but anyway, uh, a lot of, lot of good TV shows, but one that, that crosses all generations and one that all of us can watch is on the Discovery Channel, it's called Dirty Jobs. Have y'all ever seen that? Dirt, dirty Jobs. Uh, it's a surprising hit, in my estimation, by Mike Rowe. He, he takes a new, disgusting, that you never thought of, that dirty job each week. He has cleaned farm floors, and you know what I'm talking about. He has plucked stinging blood worms out of, the, out of muck. He has scrubbed penguin enclosures, again. Uh, he has slogged through muddy swamps and, and in search of alligators. The people who do these dreadfully uh, dirty jobs for a living, they always seem to be pleased with showing off their skills. And they introduce Ro, the, uh, the guy that hosts the show, to this filth filthiness of, uh, this unique, of, their, of what's unique to their profession. Well, kids, you're not a kid anymore. You're not a kid anymore, Natalie. Um, kids love dirty jobs because kids love to get dirty. The grosser, the dirtier, the better. Parents like to watch dirty jobs because we can threaten our kids, if you don't do your homework, this is what you're going to end up doing. Well, there's one thing that's common, that's common to every dirty job. Your hands are going to show up. Dirt, soot, muck, leftovers, all sorts working their way in, into, in, in behind your fingernails and way up there where you can't get to and around your knuckles and your fingernails being splintered and stained. And, you know, even a fair weather gardener shows hands of, of, um, of the sun and, and freckled and age line. Mine are doing that and I'm not a gardener. Matter of fact, I, I don't have a green thumb. I can just touch something and it'll die. But anyway, all this week I've been looking. Working on this sermon, I've been looking for portraits 
of Jesus that showed his hands. Real hands. Well, I'll report to you this morning, except for the portraits emphasizing the post-crucifixion post and the nails left pinning Jesus' hands to the cross, that in all the portraits I've seen, Jesus doesn't have dirty hands. You, you look, and if you come up with one, let me know. But anyway, whether it's clasp in prayer or in healing, the artist's rendering of Jesus, his hands are always pristine, without mark, without blemish or grime. And I, I got thinking about that. And, and I thought, it seems unlikely to me anyway, that Jesus could have grown to be a full man, complete man, some 33, they think, when he was crucified, without some trauma. He was apprenticed with Joseph as a stonemason slash carpenter. We know that. Hewing out rough materials into workable surfaces. And during his mission activities, Jesus spent a lot of time on boats and fishing with his disciples. And you, some of you guys, some of you old Mississippi County boys or somebody around uh, running trot lines and, and pulling on a trot line. Anybody ever done that other than me? Pulling on a trot line and it, and it burn your hand and leaves a scar. So I can just imagine even with him fishing doing that. It leaves marks. A working man in the first century, like a, a working man in the 21st century, would have calluses, scars. And maybe even a, a blackened nail. I know that you have driven nails before, haven't you? Has the church done that? You ever miss and hit your thumb? What do you say? Liars. You don't either. I know what you say. The same thing your pastor says. Why should Jesus be shown? With dirty job hands? Rhetorical question, I'm about to answer it for you. Because Jesus did the dirtiest job in the history of humanity. Paul gives us the dirt about this dirt in today's epistle text. Natalie didn't read the sixth verse, I'm going to read it to you. She, you weren't supposed to read the sixth verse, it wasn't down. But it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What? While we were still enemies of God and to God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Does that sound like a dirty job to you? It does to me. The incarnation is nothing but a fancy way of saying that God got down and got dirty with us, sending Jesus to stand down the, the stench of sin, embrace our brokenness, and to heal the fractured human form that we truly are. The hands that were nailed to the cross were cleaning up a mess of our own making. Wasn't Jesus' mess? Is our mess. I hate that proverb that Christly promises cleanliness is next to godliness. The gospel proclaims exactly the opposite. The one who was most godly 
He, he willingly walked into the toxic wayside that was separating humanity from God's love. Paul's words remind us that Jesus didn't die on the cross only for the sake of saving the righteous, the good people, people who loved him, people who appreciated him and welcomed him and worshipped him. No, no. Jesus went to the cross for a world that hated him, that spat upon him, that reviled him, that tortured him, and finally, finally killed him. Jesus' heart was so full of love that he dug his hands deep into the darkest, dirtiest recesses of our hearts. You know, those places way back in our hearts that we don't want anyone to know anything about. Those that we have buried so deep that we, that we cannot stand it. Well, there's where Jesus went with his hands, and he did it without flinching into the dirtiest, remotest parts of our lives. And those dirty hands were what brought forth, friends, a miracle, a reconciled, redeemed, recreated relationship between God and the world that God created. Look at your hands this morning. When is the last time you got down and you got dirty? I don't do a lot of Max Locato, but Max Locato tells the story of a man who had been most of his life a slob. He just couldn't comprehend any other life. Why make up a bed if you're just going to sleep in it that night? Why put the lid back on toothpaste if you're just going to use it in the morning? Sounds okay to me. The man admitted to being compulsive, compulsive and about being messy. But then something happened. He got married. His wife was patient. And she said she didn't mind his habits if he didn't mind sleeping on the couch. Well, since he did mind, he began to change. He enrolled in a 12-step program for slobs. A physical therapist helped him to rediscover the muscles used for hanging up shirts and placing toilet paper back in the holder. His nose was reintroduced to the smell of pine saw. And by the time his in-laws arrived for a visit, he was a new man. But then came the moment of truth. His wife went out of town for a week. At first, he reverted back to the old man. He figured he could be a slob for six days and then clean everything up and pick everything up on the seventh. But something strange happened. He could no longer relax with dirty dishes in the sink or towels flung over the bathroom uh, door or clothes on, on the floor or sheets piled up 
like a mountain on his bed. What happened? What had happened to this man? Well, friends, it's simple. He had been exposed to a higher standard of living. A higher standard of living. What Jesus did for us on the cross is clean us up. He cleaned us up. Not so that we can't get dirty again, but so we can get dirty again. As a matter of fact, Jesus shows us how to get dirty. What kind of life do your hands reflect? Are you holding the world at arm's length? That's a, let me tell you right now, that's a safe thing to do. That's a safe thing to do. Everybody at arm's length. Are you reaching for a spiritual wet wipe? I found out what those things are lately too. Or are you willing to let the needs of others stain your hands? Are you willing to let the needs of others stain your hands, break your nails, scar your palms? Are you reaching out to the unlovable, the untouched, I'm always undoing something around here. Uh, you know, the unchurched, the de-churched, uh, so I'll say the untouched. Jesus was more than a friend to sinners. He was a hands-on friends to sinners. He took water, for instance, from a suspect Samaritan woman at the well. Y'all remember that? He put his hands in and he spit in dirt and rubbed the mud into the blinded eyes of a guy. He used his hands to wipe the sweat and the dirt from the feet of his disciples. Remember Jesus says if you want to be first you have to be what? Last. If you want to be greatest among these you have to do what? Be servant of all. He reached out his hand and raised up Jairus' daughter from death. One day while in the boat with his disciples, he simply told the wind, be still. How many of us are just absolutely scared to death to engage with others? to be a part of other people's lives. I mean truly engage. Engage with people who are different than what we are. People who are needier than what we are. People who are hurting more than we are. Because we're concerned about keeping our hands clean. I told you all the story and this lady was as good a woman as I've ever known in my life. Was at the, the first appointment that, that um, I was appointed to. And she asked me, 
one Sunday morning. Tommy, did I see your car at the liquor store? You think she did? I know she did. She did see my car at the liquor store. You see, I had buried Mickey and Debbie's 15-year-old daughter that week. And I was stopping by to see how they were doing. You want to get your hands dirty? No, we want to keep the, the world at arm's length. Hands, I believe, tell the story of our lives. I know, and especially Rebecca Holmes was just talking about it. Her, her mother just passed. And riding on the elevator up here this morning, Rebecca told me, said, said, Tommy, I just looked at mother's hands. You know. And, and we do that, don't we? we? We look at one another's hands. Even of the deceased, while they're resting and silent. And the hands were more active than any other part of the body. We place a high level of importance on, on the heart and the head all the time. But personally, I believe it's the hands that's where it's at. The church needs people who can theologize with their hands as well as their head and their heart. In fact, I believe it's the hands that bridge the head and the heart. How many times do we hear in the church, Lord, help us be the hands and the feet of Christ? Don't we hear that all the time? Well, do we really mean it? Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Maybe, uh, and, and I'm sure a little bit different to all of us. I understand that. Because God has not called us all to do the same things. You know, but I, I can remember. I can remember my dad telling me when I went into the ordained ministry. Of course, we, we farmed all of our lives. All of our lives. And, and as and, and that's it, whenever I came into the ordained ministry, if somebody had told me that my hands would look like they do today, I said, you must be out of your mind. They were callous. They were rough. They were skin up. I still have cotton picker spindles that picks the cotton marks on, on my hands from where, for, as a, a young, young guy, carry them for the rest of my life. But they're pretty good reminders. But Daddy told me, he said, Tommy, if you don't, may have called me son, if you don't go every now and then and get a shovel and go to Riceville, he said, you're going to get big as the side of a barn. And no kidding, he was right. Go and do something. Go and do something. That's what the God Pleaser shirts had on them this year. Do something. Do something. You know, as, as we go about living our lives, and we look at this passage of Scripture this morning uh, that Natalie read for us, and, and um, uh, therefore, since we are justified by faith, how are we justified? By faith. I don't want anybody going from this place. Uh, uh, the you know thinking how how we're justified by some other way, we're justified by faith, and we have peace with God. Think about that. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, to, to, through whom I'm sorry we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope in sharing the glory of God. How we wish. That Paul, he never put a period, uh, sentence writing a structure for Paul about like mine, you know. Uh, but, but anyway, how we would have loved it had he stopped right there. Had he stopped right there. We, we can live with that. But listen to this. He didn't stop there. Verse 4. 
I'm sorry, verse 3. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. What? Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And I know some of you are saying, hey, I've endured about all I'm willing to endure. I understand that. Been there. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Get this, y'all. For while we were still weak, at the same time Christ died for the ungodly. You know, while we were yet sinners, enemies of God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Jesus had to get his hands dirty to make that happen. He had to come down and to be fully human, fully God. And this is one of the things, Trinity Sunday, as we're here, um, ask me to explain that, and I'll ask you to explain it. Um, or the Board of Ministry, Jonathan, or anyone else. God, God in three persons. But at the same time, Jesus had to get dirty in order for you and I. Scripture says he became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. That doesn't seem right, does it? I mean, it's our sin. But he had to become that so you and I might become the righteousness of God so that you and I can live with God forever and ever and ever and ever. You know, that's what Jesus has done for us. He came down and he got dirty. You know, and I've, I've wondered and I thought about Matthew 25 this week and I, I don't know, I don't really know why that, that I did, but one of the questions that I suspect that will be asked on Judgment Day is to show me your hands. Remember Matthew 25 is where Jesus separates the sheep from the goats, that great judgment, you know. And he asked, you know, uh, you know when, uh, what, what's going on here? And he talks about giving him food, welcoming him, and visiting him in prison and all that stuff. And they even ask, when we do that? He says, often as you have done it to the least of one of these who is my brothers, you have done it unto me. And then to the, to the goats, he says the same thing, only an opposite. You didn't do it. So depart from me. There's no baptism. There's no profession of faith mentioned there. None of that. Just read Matthew 25 sometimes. But anyway, if our hands are clean and dry, rather than wet and stained and dirty, should we fear depart from me? Are we afraid to passionately engage with others because we're so concerned about keeping our hands clean. Maybe we think we're better than God, who got dirty hands by scooping us out of the dust and the clay and breathing into us the breath of life, the second creation story. God wants to use our hands to touch the world. The incarnation was the greatest dirty job of all time. But without that, we'll have no peace with God. It, if it wasn't for Jesus doing that, there is no peace with God. It was the great come down story that Jesus came down. Jesus got down and dirty with us. And you say, how? All the way down. Down on his hands and knees in John's gospel when he washed his disciples' feet. 
the dirtiest part of the human body in the first century was the feet. And he washed it like no rabbi in history had ever done before. And you can't wash anyone's feet without getting your hands a little dirty and a little wet. How down and dirty? All the way down. Down into the, the pit of hell and death. Where Jesus released the power of sin and death. It was a dirty job. And only God could do it. In a world where people clench their fists, I ask you as the church, open your hands this week and get them dirty. Get them dirty. Reread the scriptures. Stay in the word. See how Jesus did it. Thanks be to God. Amen.